0: To random gaming talk. It is entertainment talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing good. How are you doing today?
0: Good. Yeah, it's actually been a pretty good day. So that's a nice.
1: Been a crazy change, day, but yeah,
0: it's been also been a bit of crazy day in terms of announcements, things that have been released, uh, and all sorts of just been a crazy week as well. So uh, yeah, but in a good way. So, and it's only Wednesday um what have you been playing with in the last week
1: well they were having a a weird kind of gold bar bonus uh for red dead online i'm guessing gold bars are part of the currency kind of like the fake money that you get in gta online so i actually did a little bit of that and weirdly i kind of liked it more than the regular red dead i think it might just more because it's more of like an open worldish kind of a game because with Red Dead, as, as cool as that game looks, as beautiful as that game looks, you're pretty much locked into the same look for your character, and you pretty much have to follow the you know follow the dotted lines for the most part in terms of story. Whereas the online, you just they have story you know quests without them actually calling it quests that you can do, okay. but for the most part, you can kind of just uh, you know. Buck about and do whatever you want and I haven't played a whole lot of that but I did get some of it in and I might stick into it a little bit more I did finally figure out what was constantly driving me nuts with uh, Red Dead 2 okay. was the fact that when you walk up to a character you have to do left trigger to initiate any kind of conversation and, that, right. and I didn't realize that until I started playing Red Dead Online and I just realized that makes no sense whatsoever I cannot think of a single game where I would go up to somebody and then hold a trigger to do an action to talk to them that's so redundant. I I
0: think, um, what, and they, I, I think what they did was, you know when you encounter a stranger uh, or like a, a, a character or something comes up to you and they say like, hey mister, can you help me or whatever, you hold, uh, well for me, L2, and then either accept or reject. I think they kind of wanted to do that but just keep the same thing. I, I know what you mean. It is kind of you, you go up to them. You hold that to open like a menu. And then you press like interact as just one button. Uh, I, I agree it is a little bit strange to do that for like main characters. That you just walk up to and enter dialogue for. Um, But now that I kind of think about that. Like maybe they wanted to just keep the same. You hold L2 to interact with people. I, I don't know. But uh, I know really never really thought about that. Uh, before so um yeah
1: yeah that's just so weird because and then i remembered when i was trying to play the story mission i had uh, a bunch of people in town trying to kill me because i went up to a character and then i got a trigger prompt and i accidentally hit the right trigger and I fired off a round of, the, of my gun. Ah, I didn't hit nice. anybody. I just it fired straight down. But then right. all of a sudden, I was one. I had a wanted level, or whatever their equivalent of a wanted level is, and I had to back out of the game real quick. And that just kind of threw me. I'm just like, why would again? It just it's so insane that I would get a trigger prompt to have to hold X to talk to somebody. Mm. Uh, uh, but outside the, of that, I would admit it
0: was a couple of times when uh, I had my gun equipped and I would go to press and hold L2 to uh, interact with somebody, and I would accident. I would either press it too early or something, and I would aim my gun at someone, and then that would have essentially the same result as what you did by accident. Um, so mm-hmm. instead of shooting the gun, I would aim it, which is still, hey, he's a threat. Uh, he has a bounty on his head now, basically. So um, Plus,
1: especially since, with the exception of maybe the Halo franchise, left trigger, you know, L2, is always look down sights for a gun. So, yeah, you know, that again throws in more confusion with that. So,
0: okay, uh, but you're enjoying it so far.
1: I, I enjoyed the little bit of it that I played. I probably only got about an hour into it. I did the initial tutorial mission, and then I did one uh, group up mission. Um, I'm only rank four, so obviously I'm still pretty pretty new at that. But I do like it. I do like the fact that. You, know, you have your base camp, and then you can upgrade it in various ways, and then you can move mm-hmm. it to different locations once you unlock that through more progression. Um, I might play it when I need a break from whatever other game I'm binging, which this case is still uh, Division 2. I'm about level 25 on that, so I'm about to hit the level 30 cap. Okay. Uh, pretty close, and nowhere near done with the side missions and the story. I'm probably only about 40% completion in terms of that.
0: Okay. was i about to say um yeah it's funny how when you know red dead was coming out and everybody said like huh we're not sure about how good the story will be like the sort of public consensus was we weren't sure how good the story was going to be and sure the interactivity and my god the graphics are good with that game um Mm -hmm. and like everybody was sort of saying oh you know it's a prequel and how will it work and how will it tie in and it turned out to be just phenomenal uh in terms of the story and the characters and that so uh, cause that's one of the things i said in both of my reviews i think was like it It was amazing how you know with certain prequels like obviously certain characters have to get to certain points because you know that in the future they get to those points uh it's amazing how in red dead where you know what happens to certain characters if if you played red dead one um and they were still able to like pull surprises and do really cool things and have a, a ton of emotion, especially towards the end obviously uh i mean i won't obviously spoil anything in this random podcast here but uh yeah their ability to do that and to just still tell a good story cuz it's it's more difficult to do it that with a prequel because some characters can't die some characters aren't in future stuff so like what happens to them so it's interesting to see them kind of tackle that as well so uh it's like in random example like the han solo prequels you knew he wasn't gonna die because he has to be in the future stuff so um that's like a what they do with him what kind of stakes can you put on that character Uh, and that sort of thing so um yeah it's interesting um so you're still enjoying division two
1: yeah i mean i like the world i like the fact that uh, all the little missions while not directly tied to the main story uh do hold a whole lot of uh interest in terms of being a story um you know mm-hmm. so all the like the little side stuff all the little submissions i do like the fact that you get uh, there's like communities that you do side missions for and then uh um you upgrade those communities and you visually see those changes i think that's what was missing most with the uh, fallout 76 is you could do all this stuff but it had no real effect on the world, so you never really got the the agency for that. So,
0: yeah, cool. Uh, anything else that you've that you've played?
1: Uh nothing that been, I uh... could think about off the top of my head. So okay.
0: that's been your main two kind of games, then. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Cool. Uh, so my main game, obviously, following on from last week's, I guess, first impressions, because I didn't do a first impressions video. Uh, Days gone. I'm still continuing to play that. It's really weird how, like... Like, sometimes... Because one of the bits I just did, like, an hour ago... uh, Had snow for, I'm sure, the first time I've seen it in the game. I'm sure I would have recognised if snow was in the game before. uh, Because it has, like, different effects. And your bike does, like, different stuff and all that. Um, it's, It's really weird how, like... The things that function well in the game... Function really, really well. And then, like, the odd bugs... And the sometimes frame rate drops sort of... It's almost like it's a game of sort of two halves where, like, if I'm doing a a zombie nest thing and I have to throw the the molotov at the the nest and zombies come out and I have to shoot them and make sure none of them hit me or bite me or whatever, uh, that's, like, really, really fun to do. But then, like, if I'm driving around to find the next nest in, in, like, the same area, because it can be either two or four or six nests in the same area... Um, and then, like, I'm driving my bike, and the bike looks really good, and the sound to it is really realistic, and, like, the tyres, you can sort of hear them going along the ground, and everything, and the tyres look good, and, the, like, the the actual driving mechanics and the gameplay are really good. And then sometimes it will just star, So it's really a game where, like, some things work really well, like, the, the bike mechanics and the shooting mechanics, enjoying all that sort of stuff, and the sort of threat from zombies, especially when you come across a horde. Uh, and then sometimes you'll get the odd thing where, like, um... I was trying to I was trying to kill this enemy at this little raider type of bandit character. Um, I just uh, cleared this last nest for the, for an area, and uh, some guy goes like, "Hey, he's over there," and I can see this red thing on my map, so I know that there's an enemy near me. I like because the nest was inside this sort of truck, so I went to sort of go. ...drop down out of the the truck and then hit the guy. I hit him and then he climbed up because he was already, I guess, in the middle of doing that or something. And then I hit him. I turned around and hit him, like, multiple times. And I was hitting him. I could hear the same sounds and animations and all that. And then he wasn't dying. And then when he came off of the truck to go to the same ground level as me... ...and then I started hitting him even more... ...then he kind of died. So it's weird little things like that where, like, there's bugs and glitches... ...and the games had, like, I think, four or five different patches... But the still the 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 thing of like you know going around lo- looking for supplies and uh, dealing with zombies and killing zombies can still be really thrilling. Uh, the story is still surprisingly really good, um, and it's like progressing forward slowly ish. It's it's weird where it like you'll do a story mission and then you won't be able to progress until you clear like a um set of infestations which kind of makes sense in a way because if you just went through the story with this game you'd end up with most of the map being taken over by infestations and then the game pretty much wouldn't be playable because there'd be zombies everywhere. Uh, So it's that, it's that kind of thing where you, the game kind of makes you in a way do a bit of story then infestation stuff and then maybe deal with some bandits or some camps and then obviously along the way you've got to manage your fuel make sure your bike doesn't break, buy ammo and all those sorts of things um but yeah what it's good at i'm still really enjoying it's just it's just trying to get over the the shortcomings of like weird frame rate drops and odd glitches here and there and stuff like that so um but yeah i will obviously continue to play it i will i looked on have you heard of a website called howlongtobeat.com it's a it's a games website basically where you look up uh any kind of game and people that have finished and any of those kinds of games will submit like a time that it took them It then comes up with like an average so it says like uh, main only sort of game it'll say how many hours and then like main and extras and like completionist have you ever been on that uh, that website?
1: I have not but then again since I'm not really much of a completionist mm-hmm. I wouldn't have any reason to go to a site like that so yeah uh,
0: well I use it basically for like if I'm approaching a new game or I'm curious to see how long a game roughly is, I'll, I'll go on there and check it, and it said 45 hours for, um, just the main story, um, and, like, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they balance the pacing of the story with the infestations and all the other bits and pieces, because it's kind of like, even though it's a zombie story, you still have to deal with the zombies in the world, so the infestations and stuff like that are a part of that, so it just kind of gives the zombies, like, their own little objectives, in a way, or gives you their own objectives towards them rather than just of course there's zombies in the streets and in buildings and stuff but that's not really part of your objective so uh have you seen any of the uh, hordes on the game at all i
1: think I'm, i've seen a little bit of it but not like directly mostly um I, I forget if i mentioned it on this podcast or one of the other podcasts we do um whenever i just need to like Kill five minutes, like I say. I'm waiting to, you know, to go to work or waiting for something to start or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I like to watch on YouTube is what's called the gifts with sounds. Okay, and it's where they take like video clips, but then they'll put unrelated sound to it to try to make like something funny. And so I've seen uh, uh, stuff like that to where it's been, uh, you know, something from the zombie horde, but it's you know other unrelated audio, like like something from The Office or something from you know, something meme-worthy or anything like that, so... In a way, yes, in another way, no, so... Okay,
0: cool. Um, but yeah, the music will kind of... You get these, like, mini hordes where it's, like... Uh, I mean, I haven't sat there and counted how many zombies there are because, you know, I have to drive off um, or ride off. Um, but you'll have these sort of mini hordes where um, it will be, like, six, seven, or eight, and then you'll get these big hordes where it's like 30, 40 roughly, again I haven't stopped and counted uh, but it will be like a big sort of swarm of them and it's quite just like amazing to sort of see and come across, so yeah uh, that's pretty cool, uh, you have to excuse the dog barking by the way, they're doing that thing where two, one dog starts barking and then the other dog barks back and then they don't stop, so um, mm-hmm. it's happened on podcasts before, but uh, that's just kind of what happens, so
1: that's just dogs being dogs
0: yeah, yeah, so <laughs> Uh, I mean, you've probably a bunch of you guys have probably heard uh, dog barking in podcasts in the in
1: the past. So, um, well, fittingly enough, I hear a lot of things because I have dog ears. I mean, not in the literal sense. I don't have giant, big, floppy, hairy <laughs> ears. But good. yeah, yeah, my I actually freaked a coworker out because I heard a text message go off in her purse that was twenty feet away. So,
0: oh, wow. that's
1: a, that's how good my earring is.
0: Did she hear the text? Nope. Oh, i wow. said you got
1: a message she's like what It's like yeah your purse is shaking so you're either you got a text message or there's something in there i don't need to know about mm. and she just looks at her goes over looks at her phone and looks at me like i'm insane which you know i probably am but then again sanity's overrated so
0: all right. we all probably are in some way so yeah yep uh cool all right um so yeah oh yeah the other big game of horse blood and truth came out today Uh, I did a first impressions video which got a little bit interrupted because I kind of made the mistake of uh, it was installing the patch, I started the game and basically because I was downloading the patch and streaming the game it sort of messed the gameplay up a bit but what I did when it comes up with the message of um, it's not sufficient enough to broadcast your stream I stopped the gameplay from there and ended up putting it in two parts Uh, but I still kind of did mostly the video um, but yeah, that's in two parts. It's on; They're both on the same uh, post, so you can go and check those out as well. Uh, just simply click on that and then play the video and make it full screen and whatnot. Um, I played about, I want to say, like 90 more minutes since I, I did those videos. Um, the game's kind of strange where, like, some of the more uh, gameplay-focused sort of shooting parts are a little bit blurrier than, like, some of the main... Um, you know like cutscene type of interaction levels and stuff or or bits and pieces um it's still doing the really good thing of like you know taking london heist and expanding it it's not got any of the same characters or anything it's like a fresh complete new story uh you're actually playing as a character with a name who has his own dialogue and stuff like that um and yeah like the the interactivity and the shooting and, and everything else is really really good so far uh it's got this system where Um, in the heist thing, you basically picked up one weapon and used it continuously. Uh, in this it's got, um, you have two holsters and then you have like a holster on the back as opposed for like a machine gun or a shotgun or or a bigger type of gun. Um, essentially what you can kind of do is pick up, let's say you pick up a shotgun and then you sort of put your hand with, with the move controller obviously to your back and then you sort of click it in place and you'll hear it clicking and everything and you'll feel the controller vibrate to let you know like feedback wise that it's worked uh instead of just putting the gun over your back and shooting or something um so you can do that it's also got uh like i said two holsters and you can basically like you can look down at the holsters and at your ammo pack because you've got an ammo pack uh basically on your chest uh which i think is unlimited although you can pick up ammo around the world i'm not sure if it adds to the ammo if you can run out i've not run out of like ammo packs from my character's chest yet so i don't know if that's actually a thing um essentially if you've got one gun you you reach down to your holster you take it out and then you put your other hand uh on your chest and then you you press and hold the thing to get the magazine and then just slot it into the gun um it's kind of interesting and almost difficult to do in some ways if you've got two guns because you still have you can still reload two guns if you have two in your hand because he'll essentially use like two fingers or whatever to pick up the magazine and slot it into the gun. I was doing this bit uh like a couple of hours ago um where I had a shotgun and I had a silenced pistol. Uh so like I was doing pistol shots for like further distance more sort of accurate shots and then shotgun shots for enemies that were closer. Um and you have to cu- like you have to sort of pick up the shells from your your chest or whatever the you know, the magazine slots in your chest. And then, like, the shotgun will open up automatically, because it's a double-barrel shotgun. And then, once you put the two, obviously, shells in, you sort of flip the gun up a bit. You know how you sort of flip it back to catch the uh, lock thing back on on the shotgun? You sort of do that, and you continue on. Um, But no, it's very, very good so far. The story is kind of... It's pretty interesting. I can see it getting to... Uh, a more interesting place as well but um yeah i'll have some more thoughts next week when i continue i might have actually finished it by next week i don't know how long i've got left of the story but they've gotten to a pretty big sort of story beat in the game Uh, and apparently it's about five or six hours long so i don't know how long i have left but uh it's possible that I'll finish that by next week. I'm not rushing through the game. I'm just saying. Because it's short. And I there's more time between now and next week. It's possible that I might have finished it. Uh, but you can go and check out the first impressions video. If, if of course you're also interested in seeing the game. And everything. Um, yeah. And that's what I've been playing. Days Gone. And. Uh, yeah blood and truth and then the next game i think that comes out uh actually a month today on the 29th of june is going to be uh crash team race crash team racing uh nitro field obviously so there's that um all right let's move into to some housekeeping today's sponsor is Kualu. if you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk we had quite a lot happen just this week alone. Uh, we got the season finales uh, within the last week or so for Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow and The Flash. So Flash for season 5, Legends of Tomorrow for season 4. Yeah, season 4. And uh, Arrow for Season 7, of course, Arrow's got just one more season left, which will be back later this year, probably in October, for 10 episodes. Uh, So we discussed the interesting nature of those season finales leading into Crisis and everything. So we talked about that in each of the podcasts, I think, because they all had their own kind of set-up episodes, uh, or set-up endings for for Crisis and everything. So that was interesting as well. what else was there a couple of uh, the united cast episodes if you're not familiar with what that is it's our new uh, sports podcast but specifically tailored to uh, manchester united uh, i did the third and fourth episodes this week episode three was for uh, the players that man united shouldn't have sold uh, sometimes there's good players at teams that don't quite get to fulfill their potential because of play t- uh, the amount of time they've had on the pitch that sort of thing uh, so i picked out I think it was like nine players or something that we shouldn't have got rid of, and why, and that sort of thing. Uh, episode four was um, focusing on the treble reunion. If you're not familiar, Man United won the treble in 1999. Uh, Solskjaer scoring, of course, the famous final goal. Just like st- stuck his leg out and scored the goal and won us a treble. Uh, who That player is actually now the manager of the team, so good things can happen. Um, But they had a reunion match on Sunday and they got most of the the old team back and uh, we beat Bayern Munich 5-0. And it was really, really good and I talked about all the sort of uh, fun stuff that happened in that match as well. Uh, The next episode will probably be uh, talking about all the finals. So the FA Cup final, Europa League final and the Champions League final as well. So those will be the next episodes. Uh, what else did we do? I went uh, back and cut out a couple of segments from last week's podcast. Uh, if you listened to the podcast last week, you don't really need to listen to them because it's extra bits and pieces. But I uh, took a segment out uh, for my day's gone impressions from last week and for our chat about George R.R. R. Martin, uh, who recently finished, or uh, Ga- well, he didn't finish Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones TV series finished. Uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, um, it had its series finale last week. Uh, me and David, of course, covered that on the Reviewing Westeros podcast feed. Uh, We'll be back next week to do a series wrap-up, which will also be your last chance to get in any feedback, questions, comments, thoughts about Game of Thrones. Uh, You can send those to Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's the contact page and there's information in your show notes, so you can send it to that. And we'll be back on the 5th of June to do a series wrap-up, give our final thoughts on Game of Thrones and everything that's happened, not the books, just the series, Uh, and then we'll be discussing things from there. Uh, But uh, this Wednesday today uh, Classic Reviews is back for season 2 I recorded the first episode on March in In March uh kind of secret i guess secretly recording it or whatever um and it will be there will be five episodes that will be coming out and then it will be back on the 31st of july for another five episodes and then there'll be an 11th one after that for the season two rankings but uh today's episode was for uh season two episode one which was for back to the future two so um all of these podcasts by the way will have spoilers in them all of the classic review stuff just because it's things from the 80s and 90s and all that kind of stuff so uh yeah back to the future too um go along with classic reviews season two and look out next week for another episode of that um and that should be pretty cool as well going forward uh and that's what we've been doing <coughs> at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or on the podcast platforms podcast services let's move into some news what would you like to talk about today?
1: Uh, several things, and when I say today has been insane, uh, this popped up oh. literally while you were talking about the housekeeping stuff. A oh. uh, huge PlayStation sale was just announced, um, so the sale is going to be going from June 7th and ends on June 17th, so it doesn't start now, it starts uh, uh, in the next week, which is a Friday, and then goes for 10 days after that. Uh, it's most of the common stuff that you would see on sale, but two of the games that pop up as part of the sale, which is why I'm bringing it up, um, the PS4-exclusive Spider-Man will be on sale for $20. That's, That's right, big. just just $20. Mm-hmm. Um, the article that I'm reading does not specify if this is going to be like a store global sale, like if you can get it like at Amazon or EB Games or Best Buy or whatever your local store is or if it's going to be on the digital side, this is something coming from PlayStation itself. Um, days Gone will be down uh, to $20 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And the article describes Days Gone as Sons of Anarchy meets 28 Days Later. Uh, so if you have...
0: Sons of Anarchy with Zombies, basically, yeah. So any yeah. zombie thing you want to kind of tie to it, it's Sons of Anarchy with Zombies. Uh, so, Yeah, so if... Cool. It,
1: if you don't own either of those games and had an interest of buying those games, uh, definitely check those sales out. I will probably be buying both of those because I've been kind of an interested in both of those games. Cool. And at $20, it's a no-brainer. I mean, yeah. Spider-Man alone, from what little I have seen of the game, looks worth it at full price. But to get it at 20 bucks, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. And then Days Gone, I might never ever play it, but at 20 bucks, it's still too good of a sale to pass up.
0: It's a, It's still a very, very good game. It does have its shortcomings, like I said, and bugs, but... Uh, I mean, to be more honest, I guess... Well, I didn't lie, but to be slightly more honest with... Because I've said this multiple times, I'm looking for more zombie stuff, like TV shows, video games, films, and this slots perfectly into that and kind of mm-hmm. satisfies or scratches that itch. So that's another reason as to why I like it, obviously. So if you if you kind of don't like zombies too much and you don't like biker stuff and then you also see the bugs and glitches, you might not want to play it, but it's just, just depends what you like. So, uh,
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And plus bugs can always be patched out. It's like I've said yeah. several times on the podcast, you know, a bad game can be made into a good game. You know, a bad launch is always going to be a bad launch, but a bad game can be made into a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, the first division, wasn't the greatest game at launch, but they added enough and patched enough and fixed enough and did enough that by the time you know they announced Division Two, people that were playing Division One, it was a really solid game.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, cool. So you got Spider Man and Days Gone. Do they have anything else?
1: I mean, there was all of the basic stuff. The uh, controllers were on sale for forty bucks US. Uh, the PS4 Pro was getting fifty dollars knocked off of it. Uh, the VR set was uh, going to get $50 knocked off of it as well. But when a relatively new game, such as Days Gone... Mm. I mean, it, it it launched, what, a couple weeks ago?
0: About, about a month ago, yeah, 20-something yeah, of, of April. So. Yeah,
1: roughly-ish a month ago, and then it goes on a 67% sale. That's something to note. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Most people that have a PS4 or a PS4 Pro probably are going to stay with what they got. They're not going to upgrade. I just have the regular PS4. I don't have a Pro. Um, I don't see the need to get a Pro.
0: Me neither, yeah.
1: And that's the weird kind of thing I've noticed with the the, really the biggest difference between Microsoft and uh, PlayStation is that when Microsoft does hardware improvements, they make the the, the consoles smaller and lighter. And when PlayStation does uh, improvements, they make them bigger and heavier. (laughs) Yeah because if you look at the PS4 Pro it's literally a third stack on top of a PS4. Yeah, one of those Whereas, little
0: like sandwich type of stack looking like.
1: Yeah, they they things. went double decker with the sandwich. Yeah. Kind like double decker buses in the UK. Mm. Whereas if you look at the original Xbox 1 launched, you know, 5 years ago and then the the One X now it's like almost half the size.
0: Yeah, the it's pretty One small,
1: X is. So. Yeah. Freakishly small. I was yeah. I was honestly shocked when, I, uh, when my One X uh, was starting to not work as well, and then I upgraded to the One S, I was shocked at the size difference, and then the oh. X is actually smaller than the S. Yeah. It was a huge difference, and, you know, making it bigger. I mean, yeah, sure, it's got more performance, but nothing I really need.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, I mean in terms of console upgrades and stuff like that, I'm just going to wait for the PS5. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's, I mean... It's not going to necessarily be here this year or next year, but it's it's coming soon-ish. So, yeah. Because c- you don't want to like get into tw- late 2020 or like Christmas of 2020 and you buy your son or something uh, or yourself. It doesn't have to be a gift. Uh, you buy a PS4 Pro and then 2022 or something or 2021, uh, the PS5 comes out and you probably go, Oh, I wish I saved uh, the money or whatever. I mean, granted, you could probably sell the PS4 Pro that you've just bought, but still, you know what I mean. So... Uh just And plus I
1: went plus I went four and a half years into the PS 4s life cycle before I wound up getting one as a trade in for an old laptop I never used before. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't really need a PS four pro, but right. if you are having issues with your current console, you know, it's it's slow to load, it lags, might freeze on occasion, and you're looking to upgrade, hey, in the next week there's gonna be a big sale, so
0: Cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you <clears throat> excuse me. If your PS four is like dying or something. Then obviously, like, try and replace it as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're still good to go and you just want upgrades, just wait for the next gen. So, I think that's our kind of advice on that. Uh, anything else from this?
1: Uh, not on this, no. But it was worth mentioning, just like I said, for the giant sale and probably the the two most notable exclusives on the PlayStation platform.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, what else do you want to talk about?
1: Well, something that came in like three or four hours ago. Uh, Square Enix uh, launched a logo with the Avengers logo, and they announced that they're going to have the worldwide reveal of their new product as part of the Square Enix E3 presentation, which is uh, June 10th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, which puts it at 9 p.m. American Eastern time, which puts it at, what, about 3 a.m. 2 2 a.m. your time?
0: Yeah, so they, they, they think yeah the British, yeah. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. Two AM British summertime and then eleven AM AET, which I don't know what that is, but I gotta figure that's somewhere in Asia.
0: AET. I've never heard um, of that one before. So
1: Yeah. AET. I'm I'm assuming A is Asia because it's the next calendar day. It's like yours is June, technically June eleventh, whereas the over here in the States is technically gonna be on June tenth. And then it's uh, nine hours ahead of your time. So that's gotta be like Japan probably right asia essential time or something like that anyway uh they just tweeted out the avengers logo so um and part of the logo is square enix obviously and then crystal dynamics which is the software they're going to be using so just more cool looking forward to for the e3 so um Mm -hmm. crystal dynamics um is a team that has a lot of x naughty dog and visceral game developers with it so i'll definitely be interested and i'll definitely actually want to watch the square enix uh presentation now past that i was just kind of like yeah about
0: that yeah So, um i mean i think this is the first time they talked about this game since that teaser which was two to four years ago maybe i can't remember when that when that teaser we, we brought this up a couple weeks ago i think somebody asked us like do you think this game's dead or do you think it'll be at e3 something along those lines uh and then they just you know we got the Death Stranding trailer and stuff which we'll talk about here in a bit obviously uh and then like um actually it was before that no the the uh yeah, the um, Square Enix thing was b- before that, I think. Uh, all around the same time. And it's like, hey, here's our Avengers logo. See you at E3. I was like, oh, wow, okay. This game's like... I didn't think it was cancelled, necessarily. Um, but, like, they had just, like... They came up with the teaser, showed, like, Thor's Hammer, Cap's shield, all the, all those sorts of Avengers things. And then just said nothing. Uh, at least at least from what I remember, anyway. I don't remember ever seeing anything for it. And then it's like, hey, we'll be here at E3. Um, I do hope that this isn't, like... Here's a cinematic trailer. Game is coming soon, but we, I do kind of want to see like anything from this game. Like what suit, what Iron Man suit is Iron Man gonna because he's have like different designs and stuff. Uh, will Thor like look like in this game? What what costume will Cap have? Any of that kind of stuff will be like interesting information. Um, I mean, will we get like gameplay and a re- release date? I kind of doubt it, just because this is the first time they've talked about the game. Since the teaser trailer. But it could have been the case that. uh, You know they do the teaser trailer. And then they've just been working hard on the game. For two to four years. um, That sort of thing. So um, in terms of what I would want this to be. I would want this to be like a Spider-Man style. Open world game. But where you can like switch between the Avengers. Maybe they actually have like specific missions of their own and then maybe they have like you know group missions where they actually have to team up and stuff um because you can't really do i mean you can have an avengers game where you play as one of them and the other are uh cpu controlled um but i i do hope it's not some sort of like turn-based RPG or like uh god i hope this i hope this isn't a mobile game not to put mobile games down but this is something that have been like out there in the wild for so long and people have speculated about that for it to just be like hey it's out on ios i'd be like oh right okay it's like a Term-based thing on iPhones, it would just it would just disappoint me a little bit. So, uh, what what do you hope this Avengers game is? Uh,
1: well, I definitely hope it's not a mobile game. And again, I'm with you. Uh, I got nothing against mobile games, mm. but it just disappoint just... me. Yeah, and I can understand why studios are going that way because there's so much money in microtransactions with mobile games. It's insane. We had a news article on the podcast a few months ago when. Uh, Fortnite came to ios and made something like several million dollars within the first 24 hours of just mobile purchases Mm -hmm. um and if you're like a a small fledgling studio trying to get off the ground and you do that nobody cares but this is idos interactive with the avengers um,
0: avengers intellectual
1: property you know so we're not talking you know something out of your mom's business with like maybe three or four friends helping you code. This is obviously something <laughs> with lots of people involved in it. All right. Um, only- outside of that, uh, minor, 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 uh, end game spoilers for the nine people on the planet that haven't seen the movie. I really wanted a skin that has the, uh, post, uh, five year time skip, uh, Thor, you know, in the bathrobe,
0: Okay, and the yeah. beer
1: gut, and the you know looking basically like uh, Lebowski, mm-hmm. you, which by the way you can pre-order as a Funko Pop on Amazon right now it is the is the dude Lebowski Thor <laughs> icon, which I have done. I will admit I don't have that many Funko Pops. I like them, but I did I did pre-order that one. I just I couldn't help myself.
0: <laughs> cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, with Avengers Endgame... Game being out there and i think it's slowly catching avatar i mean it if it does or doesn't you know avengers endgame is no small thing neither is avengers neither is marvel etc uh, neither are any of these characters so yeah i hope it's not a mobile game uh if it is i'll still probably i just i my bottom line like interest is what is this game and what does it look like what do these characters look like and that sort of thing so uh yeah we got uh Like a week or to just over a week or so until we see this game. So Mm -hmm. uh, on on the Monday or on the Tuesday, depending on yeah on the the Monday or whatever day. Uh, this you sort of see these things. Um, yeah. Yeah,
1: Monday in the US, uh, Tuesday in the AM in the UK. So,
0: so yeah, either Monday or the next day, Tuesday. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they've got for us. I hope it's not something too simple i'm not expecting like a massive massive game but not something that's something that's good so we'll see uh and we don't have that long to wait so uh what else do you want to talk about today
1: well about an hour and a half ago uh they announced the uh, ps plus games for june which is really weird because we haven't heard of the uh games with gold yet Mm. for and those usually come out fairly early uh but the two games that are out for june are sonic mania and borderlands the handsome jack collection which on that one i do kind of feel bad because i know a lot of people purchased the handsome jack collection um in a run-up to borderlands 3 coming out yeah because i have seen that on twitch and other streaming sites so for the people that are on PlayStation, I, I do kind of feel bad for you for buying that and then having the game go free a couple months later. So it's yeah. not like you're going to be able to do anything about it if you go to get like a refund or something. It's going to be like, ah, sucks to be you. But um, those are two huge games, uh, Borderlands being uh, the Borderlands, Borderlands 2, um, Borderlands the, the prequel, cool. yeah. and all the DLC that comes with all those games. So if you haven't checked those out, um, definitely a chance to do that. I did play a lot of Borderlands 2 with a good chunk of the DLC, but I kind of tapped out at Season 2 of the DLC just because it was just too much grind. Um, Sonic uh, Mania I haven't heard about, but I know a lot of it is a faithful recreation of the Sonic games, which goes back you know, to my earlier... Er, not even earliest, but earlier days of gaming. So it's always cool to see... Um, uh games like that that i grew up with starting to get a second life
0: Cool do you do you think the sonic thing is because of the film like any kind of marketing tie in there I
1: Except- possibly i don't know but the film did get delayed until February of 2020 for them to revamp all the CGI in the mm-hmm. game because everybody complained so much which I'm really split on. On the one hand, I hate you know massive fan reactions like that to make massive changes to the to a movie. But on the other hand, I like that they delayed it to give the people that are doing the CGI actual time to make the changes without actually forcing a massive you know eighty-hour week crunch on them, which right. has been the topic of discussion in a couple other other articles. So,
0: yeah, I mean because. In terms of Sonic stuff, there's not much else that this could be kind of marketing for. Because you do typically see, uh, like with the Games of Gold or with a uh, PS Plus game, it sort of be like like when one of the Tomb Raider games was coming out in September or something and they had the previous one be a Games of Gold to say like, hey, you might want to play this one on Games of Gold before the new one comes out, that kind of thing. So, But as far as I know, other than the Team Sonic racing thing, which I think is already out, I I don't know because I don't really follow Sonic. Uh, There isn't really... I don't think like a mainline Sonic game coming out that's going to kind of lead into this. So that's the only... The the Sonic film is the only kind of thing I can sort of think of. So... Uh, And Borderlands obviously you said because of Borderlands 3. uh, Is a good way to sort of get people in for that. Or get people back or whatever. So... Uh yeah, that's your that's your PS plus games for uh June. Um and Microsoft are saving theirs for E three. No, I'm joking, but uh <laughs> well wouldn't it be funny if they, they did like just drop hey is our games with gold for just like as a quick twenty second thing at E because it's it's on is it's not this uh no, it would already be I'm thinking of something else for this weekend. Uh E three's next weekend, isn't it? So yeah, e three
1: yeah. e three uh, starts uh, next Sunday on the ninth, officially.
0: Right. So probably during, at some point between now and next week, they'll announce the uh, the games of gold. So, um we'll talk about them when they come out. Um, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh,
1: well, uh, uh, going along the theme of this, just came out today. We got our first full trailer and uh, uh, release date for Death Stranding. Mm -hmm. Um, I finally did get a chance to see the trailer. I know you uh, sent it to me on Messenger. Mm -hmm. Uh, What did you think of the trailer?
0: I mean, it's very Kojima, obviously, uh, which Mm -hmm. has been, you know, ever since this game was revealed and had trailers come out, it's been like, okay, this thing's weird, what's going on with this thing? And then you're like, okay, that's Kojima. Uh, It's really interesting to see, like, between... How many trailers have we had for this game? Like, four, maybe, or so? When like when you, you. when you had the first three trailers, and I hadn't played Metal Gear Solid One, and then obviously I knew Kojima was kind of weird and wonderful and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I think weird and wonderful is a good way to sort of put it because he is a wonderful person. He's a very nice person, but sure he also comes out with some strange weird stuff uh, in in his creations and everything. It's interesting to me personally to see like I hadn't I had only played Metal Gear Solid Five when the when the first trailers for Death Stranding came out and that, and then to go into Metal Gear Solid One and had the whole uh, controller port change thing. Do you remember when I talked about that on the, the PS Classic? Mm-hmm. When you had to, there was a particular boss, uh, I don't remember his name, but he does this, like, uh, telekinesis attacks on you. And in order for you to shoot him or attack him, you have to change your controller from port 1 to port 2. The game doesn't tell you this. I had to look it up and th- everything like that, which is, again, very Kojima of, like, you have to look this thing up in order to find out what it is. Just like with the, um, the, uh, what's it the baby crying stuff on the phone in PT you had to do something i can't remember what you had to say but you had to do something with your microphone and you had to look up that as well cuz the game didn't tell you that's just kind of the thing that kojima does with his games but the point i'm trying to make is pre the whole metal gear solid 1 thing and and playing that and figure and f- seeing some of his earlier work and then seeing like this new trailer come out and kind of going along with like Okay, not only did I already know Kojima was kind of weird and wonderful, but now I've actually played some of his earlier games and stuff like that, and I'm a bit more familiar with, like... I'd heard about weird stuff that he'd done in the past with games, but now I've actually experienced some of it firsthand, and of course i played most of Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, And then to come in and see, like... uh, Okay, like, more Death Stranding stuff, more weird stuff happening, and everything like that. One of my more simple questions for this is... With the, because it's quite prominent in in the trailers and was in the whole Twitch PlayStation thing yesterday, this black goo stuff. It's very. I mean, there's a bunch of questions you could obviously ask about this game, but one of the more notable things is how much that is in this game. Like when uh, you're seeing the handprints and the footprints, and Mads Mikkelsen is like coming out from this black goo and stuff. It seems to kind of be the replacement almost for, because he's in some kind of like uh lake or something like that isn't he when he when he kind of pops up from the water it's almost as if that it's almost as if where he is when he's doing that should be water there and it's this black goo instead and it's like all on his his uh team and everything and um like we saw with i think the very first trailer when we saw the black handprints leading up to some stuff as well what is that and what's that supposed to be that's kind of one of the at least to me one of the more simple questions to ask about this game obviously you could ask about like enemies and uh that sort of thing one of the other questions as well is like with this being a new IP and everything um it'll be interesting to see how they explain okay how did the world get like this and and stuff like that so because in Metal Gear Solid when you have uh you know snakes are a uh I think it's Foxhound operative, and he's, he's taken down some bad guys, and then they explain what Metal Gear is, roughly, and they show you, like, the Metal Gear machine and everything, and they show you, like, okay, what's going on with Big Boss, and Ocelot, and all these other characters, and they kind of explain how this world sort of is the way it is, you'll, you'll still have questions, obviously, but, yeah, that's the main questions for me, is, like, what is this Black Goose stuff, and why is it there, and the second thing of, okay, simply how did this world get to this state, kind of thing, so, uh, what did you think of, of the trailer I suppose
1: well two th- three things really came to the forefront with the trailer uh, the first is is we finally got to see the gameplay mm. actual what I'm actual actual gameplay of the game and it does look really really good uh, the second thing is is I still have no fucking clue what this game is about <laughs> and thirdly I'm still supremely interested in finding out what this game is fucking about mm-hmm um past that we did get and this isn't like an accidental quote-unquote leak because at the same time this trailer came out all the pre-orders went live yeah. and the collector's edition went went live um and i do have those intro those items here uh for the pre-order bonus you get uh, the gold sam sunglasses the gold plate armor the gold hat the gold speed skeleton and the gold all terrain skeleton and interesting about that is all those items have an asterisk next to them on the listing okay and the asterisk says unlocked in game items via story progression so these aren't just skins that you get early on to show off whenever you're whoever the streamers are that are streaming this game right these obviously have some effect of the gameplay the fact that they're not unlocked during story progression uh, the collection edition—it's gotta be something designed by Kojima because it is that oh, yeah. fucking weird. <laughs> um, you get uh, ten PSN character avatars, which I didn't even know PSN still had characters. Yes, yeah, like um, a, you get like a
0: logo um, thing that you can. I've got Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. for mine, so um, and I haven't changed it since. I think it's I yeah, mean, that's what they're kind of talking about because when they had like uh Spider-Man avatars and. And untried mm. ones and you know those sorts of characters. So I think that's probably what that is.
1: Yep, you get a keychain, you get a bridges cargo case, which I'm guessing bridges is a character, because in mm-hmm. part of the trailer we did see uh Norman Rees smack a guy around with a cargo case. <laughs> and the thing that obviously came from uh Kojima is the bridge baby pod. Which is basically a uh, glass bell jar with a baby fetus inside of it. Because what gaming collection of knickknacks and tchotchkes doesn't need a preborn baby in a jar? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, but that's just so damn weird.
0: Mm. It is, but it's kind of isn't that kind of what I said? Like weird and wonderful. The whole that mm-hmm. with the whole thing. So I wonder how big that thing is as well. Uh, like, is it, would it actually be life size or would it be some sort of little? Dance
1: they thing? don't have specifics or scale yeah. in the uh, picture. Mm. But I of imagine it's kind of fairly big because the keychain that they have in there it specifically says not to scale. Okay. And it's about a third of the size of the baby in a jar. So I'm thinking somewhere between 10 and 15 inches, which would be somewhere between. Uh, 25 and 40 centimeters hmm. I wonder so if it's... not small yeah but not like huge hmm.
0: I wonder if that baby floats in the, in the jar as well like just, sort, it, just sort uh, of... it,
1: it's it's floating I don't know if it's like suspended in an actual liquid I can't imagine that it would just because if that something happens in that That cracked and got damaged, and that liquid spilled out. That's a at least here in the states, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. So I imagine it's just suspended on a rod with colored glass or plastic to make it look like it's floating in a jar liquid. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't imagine there's like liquid or anything like that in there. Probably just some some something to like connect to the the baby that makes it float in some sort of way. So did that? I didn't actually look. Does that baby have an umbilical cord on it? Yes. Okay, because you could probably use that as some sort of way to make it about or something so
1: yeah um. from what i could gather from the trailer the babies hold some kind of special purchase uh, a purpose in the game because norman reed talked about connecting to the bridge baby mm-hmm. um and i'm guessing it's some sort of like cycling connection would be my first guess so it obviously serves a purpose in the game and serves a function in the game past that again despite the fact that we got what a good five minutes trailer we still have no fucking clue what this game's really about mm-hmm. although we do know now that it's post-apocalyptic because they talked about america being gone the world being gone mm. yeah um but past that i got nothing
0: yeah i can't believe this game's out this year that that's just yeah another i was right. shocked because i i continuously have been saying and sure i hope i i'll hold my, my hands up to it i mean there's nothing to be embarrassed about anything but i kept saying like ghost of Tsushima, last of us death stranding are 2020 games and then the ps5 comes out afterwards uh three of those things could still be true the the other two games and ps5 could still come out in 2020 um but i'm shocked that this game's out this year could it be delayed i, I mean it could be um but i i'm still shocked that we even heard a 2019 november date for this so um because they started yeah. teasing earlier this week like oh you can see uh A PlayStation stream. of I watched like 20 seconds of that thing. I was like oh it's just hands doing the. Again the stuff on the weird black. uh, Mud stuff. Whatever it is. Or the black liquid. And I I knew it was going to kind of be that for a long time. Uh, And then I even checked on it like. Today to see like oh have they revealed. Anything else in there. And it's basically the same stuff. Uh, you could hear like bits and pieces of dialogue, but it was very like a it was like a vague kind of build up sort of thing so I was like, okay, I'll click that off and then wait to see if any kind of trailer pops up but i i, I thought okay we'll get another trailer today and then it will say like a year date I didn't expect like a November eighth twenty nineteen so um yeah i mean it's it's a cool thing to to be kind of surprised by so um but yeah it will be it would be cool just to, to have a brand new uh Kojima game out this year so
1: yeah, there were a couple of prominent uh uh gamer YouTubers that I follow on Twitter that both put out tweets saying that they had predicted that Death Stranding was going to be a PS5 launch title, mm. and the fact that we're getting it this year is kind of shocking.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, PS5 is supposed to be backwards compatible with PS4, so you'll still be able to to play it on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, good stuff. It's it's good. Uh, yeah, it's really crazy that it's got a 2019 date. Um, I've also got a quote here from Kojima. This is apparently the synopsis from a game, so let's see what sense we can kind of make from this, if any. Uh, It says here, so this is from Kojima himself. Uh, It says, people have built walls uh, and become accustomed to living in isolation. Death Stranding is a completely new type of action game where the player's player's goal is to reconnect isolated cities and a fragmented society. All elements, uh, including the story and gameplay, are bound together by the theme of a strand of, of strand, sorry, or connection. As Sam Porter bridges, I think that's Norman Reedus' character, you will attempt to bridge these divisions and in doing so, create new bonds or strands with other players around the globe. Uh through your experience playing the game, I hope you'll come to understand the true importance of uh forging connections with others now, please enjoy the death stranding trailer so yeah that 's pretty cool as well um i don't know what some of that means, but it seems like you 're gonna be like rebuilding certain things and connecting with with people and some uh, like the the theme you can get from that is like rebuilding society, i suppose mm-hmm. uh, It's like rebuilding cities and connecting with people so uh we'll see what what comes of their stranding. Um do you think we'll see any more of this game or do you think that's it until November?
1: Uh no, I think we'll definitely see more if they do another uh, state of play in between now and mm-hmm. the launch. We'll definitely see something on that. And it'll be a first of the at least three state of plays so that'll have been worth watching. Uh but past mm-hmm. that, we're gonna have to get trailer of some kind between now and then oh i'm sure the pre-orders are going nuts right now with that right um but but past that you know it's hard telling Hmm. i mean i the people that listen to the podcast know that i've kind of uh i'm kind of boycotting pre-orders so i'm definitely not going to pre-order but that has nothing to do with the game itself that's more of my desire to not do any more pre-orders
0: cool I will uh, log into Boomerang Games whenever it comes. I don't imagine this will be on their list now. Uh, it probably won't be for a couple of months. They usually have their list like two months in advance, roughly. Although, they've got uh, Control listed, which is for August. Um, I will log into Boomerang Games, click on Coming Soon, PlayStation 4, and then add it to list whenever it comes up. So, that will be around September, October-ish. Uh, the last thing I want to say is I imagine if we do get any more information or trailers, because cause in terms of like... Here's what Death Stranding is I think you're supposed to go into the game And try and work that out for yourself You won't get a video that comes out Before Death Stranding comes out And Kojima says Here's what this means And this means And this means Because it's supposed to be one of those games That's vague and mysterious And all that kind of stuff So Uh, I do think though That if we get one more Kind of like Launch trailer type of thing Or any sort of other trailer It will be around like October Just as a last sort of like Hey Death Stranding's out In November Sort of thing So We will see what comes of this game uh what else did you want to talk about today?
1: Uh well I got two more stories that kind of lead up to E3. Um one is kind of an accidental not a leak but a leak. Um somebody uh that goes under the Reddit name rslacksxbone Xbone1 uh posted a photo. Um he was going to he or she was going to stream on uh Mixer, which is the Microsoft owned streaming service. Mm-hmm. And it's got the little click down menu where it says game you're streaming and it shows fable 1, one fable two fable three and it shows fable four um you know fable 4 was kind of thought to be fable legends which was canceled after Microsoft shut down uh, their studio line heads which they do own. Mm-hmm um fable 3 went stagnant after um it launched um fable um pub games was kind of like a a precursor to fable 2 i know the the franchise itself is super super popular i was never really that into it but that's just you know my personal own gaming uh experience mostly just because fable one was so buggy for so long and they never really got a chance to fix it Mm -hmm. that i just couldn't get into any of the other games, but I know it's super, super popular with some people. Um, But past that, you know, it's still kind of a non-official leak leak. And from what I can tell, it's been an open secret that Fable 4 has been in development of some level pretty much since the studio shut down. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, To me, um, I mean, I don't have any experience with the Fable series. Uh, I've not hardly seen any of it. I've never played any of the games. Um, If Microsoft wants to, like advertise or push fable as a franchise going forward i think it needs it's it'll be interesting to me if this is a fable 4 and it's labeled as such because i think at at this point i mean i have no idea what happened in the story or if there was any cliffhangers or any that sort of stuff i have no idea um or if the characters matter in it or what, whatever um but if, if microsoft wants to come out and kind of restart fable i do think it needs to be like a reboot so I think doing a God of War style approach where you just called it Fable and released it would, would uh, be what was needed. I mean, quite generally, you don't have to call it Fable. The main, na- name doesn't matter quite so much. You can call it Fable 4. Um, but I'd still do like some kind of fresh reboot, maybe, uh, if there's any... If there's any like fan favorite characters, maybe bring them over so you don't like erase the the stuff from that. Cause you got a like when you when a franchise like this has been stagnant for so long. I can't remember when. I I again my history with Fable is pretty minimal, if not non-existent. Um, you do have obviously people that are um Fable fans, and they will want certain things back from the series. But for someone like me that needs to have the game advertised to them and needs a reason to play them. Um, you kind of have to, at this point, appeal to both audiences. Again, like you did with God of War. Um, and kind of like what you did with Spider-Man as well. Um, when they came out and said like, Hey, you don't need to have read any comics, or watch any films, or play any games. Uh, you guys already know Spider-Man. You know, obviously, his backstory, that sort of stuff. Uh, and this is like a fresh new story, new actors, and all that sort of stuff. And then they came out and did a fresh thing. Uh, and the same thing with God of War. The interesting thing with God of War being... You know, they they didn't reboot Kratos. He still had his past and all that with uh, Zeus, I think his, his dad's name was or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you had him. He was still kind of in there and whatever, and you still had the past in there, but you didn't need to play, you know, the God of War collection and any of that sort of stuff. And same thing applies to me with God of War. I hadn't played any of the previous ones. I played one of the PSP games or something, but I didn't remember much of it. And then you kind of come into the franchise fresh. I, I just didn't, they need to kind of do the same thing with Fable Uh, because something like Halo like still has you know when you come out with Halo Infinite and it's technically Halo 6 that can kinda have like a soft, a very soft reboot where you've got like a fresh ish sort of story but Halo's still got a lot of continuity going on and people still remember Halo 1 through 5 and you have still gotta keep that history there so it just depends when you're bringing back something like a Fable Uh, like how much much of your past do you want to keep intact uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, like, Watchmen's another example, the Watchmen HBO series. I think they said that you don't have to have read any of the books, you don't have to watch the film, you can just jump into this, and it will still have some of the history there. I think they need to do this with uh, Fable. Um, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, they definitely need to have some sort of primer from the mm-hmm. uh, first three series if they're going to continue it as, as Fable 4. Uh, and this is, you know, this is something that could theoretically be an accident, but you know, since this is on Mixer and not Twitch, mm-hmm. um, that makes it more likely to be a real thing. I think I do own um, Fable two and three as part of the Games with Gold, but I don't know that I've ever played them enough to even remember the game. I did play a good chunk of one. I just kept getting frustrated because of the what was called the world save bug, and basically what it was is you were a few not a long into the game but a couple 3 hours into the game uh you get sent on this one quest and you could save before you fought the final boss of the quest okay and then if you died it reloaded the game before you even started the quest but it kept everything you earned along the way in that progression and huh. so there's like a whole bunch of weapons that were like hard to unlock but needed like certain gold keys that you – that there's like two of those gold keys on the path. So you could just roll and roll and roll and roll and just get like more gold keys than were required to open literally every single thing in the game. Plus it was like a good hour's worth of time investment between when you started the quest and when you could save the quest. So every time you died – and you died a lot – you basically had to replay that hour. And that just got frustrating after a while, and I eventually rage quit it.
0: Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, E three obviously is going to be kind of leading for this. Um, I would imagine the the minimal kind of thing I would, or the most I would kind of imagine or expect is like Phil Spencer obviously on stage and he says, you know, Fable Four, you know, all this new Fable game, whatever it's going to be called, it's real. Here is a logo. It's coming soon. And that's what we have to kind of tell you at the moment. I mean, we don't know how long, how far this game is in development. If anything from Fable Legends is in here, or if, or if they completely scrapped everything, um, it just depends how much they have to show or have to show, um, and how much they kind of want to show. So, because um, you know, they might have, they might even come out and say, "Hey, here's the trailer, here's gameplay, and it's 2020 or something." So. Um, or like with Death Stranding, it might be out in 2019, so we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what the game is about and everything. So, again, E3 is going to be really quite interesting this year. So, uh, lots to be discovered this next week. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, cool. What else do you want to, uh, to talk about?
1: Uh, well, the last thing that I have leading up to E3 was another accidental leak, um, coming from, uh, a VG 24-7, a placeholder was discovered for something called Ubisoft Pass and Ubisoft Pass Premium. And so what that's doing is that's just funding speculation that Ubisoft is going to join Microsoft and EA as a subscription service for their games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that many games from Ubisoft. I mean, there's a ton of games that oh, yeah. you could do as part of the Pass.
0: Assassin's Creed alone, but, so.
1: <laughs> Yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed alone would be a big one, but then there's also, like, Division and Division 2, mm-hmm. um, you know, games like that, to where you could make a pass out of it, but I just don't know that they would just because they're so late in the game of it. And I don't know anything coming up that's, you know, going to be like... It's like, you know, with EA, you've got the annualized sports franchises and everything like that with Microsoft... They have partnerships with some of the games they develop, either first party or second party, to where they can put them day one on the pass. So those two pass services show a value. Ubisoft, I just don't see that as much. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I I do kind of think there's a there's value to this and there's uh, something worthwhile to be had. I mean, everyone's kind of it's almost like what's happening with TV. Everybody's kind of getting their own subscription stuff. I mean, hell, apparently Warner Brothers is going to do their own streaming service. So. Uh, I mean, they own a lot of stuff, so that kind of does make sense, but... Um, Plus, is
1: doing it as well, so... Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: so that's kind of weird. Plus, you have CW stuff on its own with the the Arrowverse and everything. Uh, but yeah, you've got, <clears throat> you know, like, PlayStation Now, you've got Game Pass, you've got uh, EA Access, PlayStation Now, you've got, uh, like, Switch Online, and you've got... Uh, what's I think there's, like, one more that, that I, I think I'm forgetting... Um, but yeah, it would make sense if, like, I mean, would Bethesda eventually come out with this, would, uh, you know, I mean, um, yeah, U- Ubisoft and Bethesda are kind of the only two, like, big publishers, um, that could maybe do it. I mean, Rockstar could do it with some of their old games, I mean, there's, like, a lot of GTA games that could, could sort of do this, um, but it's, again, one of them kind of things of, like, if you're mainly a PlayStation person, then maybe PlayStation Now and PS Plus is for you. Same thing with Xbox. Then you'd maybe go for Game Pass and PS Plus. Um, Or if you're more of a a third party sports person. You'd go with like an EA thing. And you wouldn't get a Game Pass maybe. Or something like that. Uh, It just depends on what what you kind of want from your entertainment. And like if enough things come under a particular service for a streaming service. So for example if you're interested in uh you know like you said a bunch of dc stuff there's a cw app and there's uh like dc universe and then if you're not interested in marvel you're probably not going to get i don't know like disney plus or netflix or whatever um so yeah like if there's enough things under one brand under one kind of roof um like i mean if you're if you're a disney star wars marvel fan or marvel person at the moment you're probably very likely to just to subscribe to uh disney plus so if there's enough things that you're interested in under under one kind of roof uh you can get it for like a subscription service or you don't mind paying for certain things it, it just gives you kind of more options which i think is a good thing as well um i mean they got like their rainbow six stu- six seed stuff out there uh maybe you're curious about assassin's creed and they probably have some of them on there for you and like you said if you maybe played division one and then you heard division if division one was on this and then you played it and you liked it you heard division two was out there that might influence you to get that um it's also interesting to see like okay when division two uh came out like how long after that do you wait to put that on your subscription service kind of thing um i think i heard that with the marvel films or with the disney films it's going to be like six months after the cinema release so probably when when those type of films come out on dvd they'll end up like on disney plus as well like same day kind of thing um yeah that's kind of my thoughts on that how about you
1: yeah about the same i mean you're right about the six months generally um with anything that goes from cinema to dvd at least over here in the states it's going to be about six months yeah uh sometimes it's more sometimes it's less i did see a thing to where uh, shazam is going to be on you know dvd blu-ray digital middle of next month so middle of june Um, that's just for the u.s though there's not an official like launched a uk date for that um <laughs> did you ever get around to seeing that movie?
0: No, I haven't seen Shazam or Aquaman. I'm so like disconnected from the DCU at the moment. Like the only two the only two characters at the moment I'm interested in is Wonder Woman and and what they do with Batman. Like in term, in terms of the Flash, I think that film's in just a ton of trouble. Uh, I mean, I could go on a whole thing about the DCU, mm-hmm. but in terms of like hey here's Aquaman and Shazam, I'm like, okay, but where's Batman? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um and like where's the Snyder cut and all that sort of stuff, so um, yeah it, it it just got to that point for me like the post Justice League stuff where okay Aquaman's coming out okay why do I have an interest in command and then Shazam comes out and it's like okay is this going to be connected eventually is this not or like whatever and yeah I just kind of fell off of it and stuff so um, yeah that's my DCEU kind of thoughts did you see those two films? <laughs>
1: Uh, Yes, I did see Aquaman and I did see uh, Shazam. They were both uh, pretty, pretty good. Actually, Shazam was way better than it had any right to be. Um, It was definitely a much, much lighthearted affair than the other ones, although that's not the hardest bar to get over. Right. Um, Aquaman worked better than it should have, but then again, that's just part of uh, uh, the talent of Jason Momoa. um, Just because... uh, For the people that don't know, he's actually weirdly the perfect person to play Aquaman because he was born in Hawaii, which is an island uh, state of the U.S., but then he moved uh, to Iowa, I want to say, relatively young age, which is just farmland, which is like 80% of the fate is just farmland. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the whole thing of, you know, being part of the land and part of the sea that's i don't know that there's a person that could relate more to that than jason momoa just from his uh, background Mm -hmm. and then you go into his film and tv history he was on baywatch which was a uh, lifeguard tv show that ran way longer than it should (laughs) have and then he did a couple seasons of stargate atlantis so sci-fi under the water so again you know his casting was something that uh was basically something he'd been leading up to his entire life, so...
0: Yeah. The, the last thing I'll say is, um, I, I could be wrong about this. I mean, I've said a lot of podcasts, like, I make predictions about stuff, and if I'm wrong, put my hands up and say that I was wrong. It's fine. I think it's going to take a long time before the DCEU is in a is in a good place. I mean, sure, they might come out and have good... Like Aquaman might have been good, Chazan might have been good, but in terms of build, rebuilding that universe, I think it's going to take a long longer than uh, some people think, so... Um, but yeah, well, they
1: kind of did it backwards. They started with one movie and then did the <laughs> compilation versus showing all the different movies and then leading up to the compilation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was the first of many mistakes to me. So, uh, But hey, we still have the Arrowverse. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, subscription services, if it's something that you want and it applies to you, then it's probably worth it. So, uh, What else do you have to talk about?
1: That's all I had.
0: Cool. Um, so it's not actually the week before. E3, that's actually next week, I think. But we will still do our uh, E3 predictions today and do some emails. Because, um, yeah, E3 starts next week. And there is one more Wednesday between none. But it doesn't matter. Um, so I've written down my E3 predictions in notes. I did. You have seen um, mine. I don't actually know what you've predicted, but that's fine. Uh, should I go first? Or? Yeah, go ahead. Cool. So E3, E3 predictions, I've done them by uh, company or by developer. Um. Ubisoft, uh, Splinter Cell, Watch Dogs 2, and Assassin's Creed. So the next one. I know it's not coming out this year, but they could still show it this year and announce it. Uh, and Mario and Rabbids DLC. That's kinda, I'm still going roughly off the prediction that this E3 uh, will will get those three games revealed. Uh, Splinter Cell and Watch Dogs 2. I think Splinter Cell or Watch Dogs is out fall of this year. And then I think what the other one, I don't know which one specifically I'm going for, for what... But one of those games is out fall of this year. So like October, November. And then I think the other one is out Q1 or Q2 of next year. So like April, March type of thing. I think they're going to do that. And then I think Assassin's Creed will be... Uh, announce, and then I think that will be the fall of um, 2020, which is is usually the fall anyway, or the autumn. Uh, but that will be for 2020 because they've already said they're skipping this year. So that's I, I think that's an, a good way to sort of even out. So like uh, in a couple of months' time, you'd get uh, let, let's just for example say Splinter Cell comes out end of this year, and in beginning of next year you get Watch Dogs 2, and in the end of next year you get Ass- um, Assassin's Creed. Uh, and then I I either think they'll do a Mario and Rabbit sequel or DLC, but specifically I'm going more for DLC. Just like one more, and this will maybe be like the last DLC piece before they do a second one. Because that game was actually surprisingly successful, and it was actually quite good. So I do think that they'll continue to do more of that. Uh, that's pretty much it from Ubisoft. I don't know what they're doing with Skull and Bones, and it's not something I'm interested in as much. Uh, I don't think we'll see anything from Trials this year. Uh, I think that'll actually be next year as well. Uh, well, like E3 next year, I think that they'll talk about Trials again. Uh, Microsoft, uh, I think they'll talk again about Battletoads. Just my prediction is this Battletoads will be there. Um, dates for Ori, Gears Five, uh, and a 2020 date for Halo. So just a 2020 logo thing, sort of thing, like uh, a trailer players or whatever, and then it says 2020. But I think we'll get dates this year. Uh, for Ori um, and for Gears 5 possibly one of them being for like uh, it will say like spring 2020 or something like that Uh, but then I think Halo 5 or Halo Infinite will just have a 2020 uh, date for it I think they'll talk about uh, new Xbox talked about so I think they'll do that but no full kind of reveal I think Phil Spencer will just say we got like something else in development sort of thing but not talk about what it is so like another project scorpio type of situation where that became the one x um but i don't i, I think we'll have a new xbox announced but with like a um a, a code name sort of thing uh dying light i think will be shown again i think that will get a date uh for this year uh i don't know when roughly but just for some point in this year um so they'll do that because they announced dying light to uh last year so i think that they'll talk about it this year i think they'll do one new studio announcement so one more acquisition then, the uh, two reveals from the new studios. So from the new studios that we got revealed last year, and this also accounts for the XO18 when they revealed Obsidian and uh, In Exile or whatever. All, all the new studios that have been announced, I think two of them will talk about their new projects. Uh, I think they'll give a name for whatever they are, but that will be about it. Just so that we know, okay, there's two new things from two new developers in development, but no like date or, or gameplay or anything like that. Maybe like a, a a sort of teaser trailer reveal for those two. Uh, I don't know specifically which two companies. But as I said last week I'd like to see what Ninja Theory are up to. Uh, I think we'll get more cyberpunk info. And with a 2020, again like a slapped 2020 date thing. Similar to what I'm predicting with Halo. As for my Microsoft stuff. Um, Sony I think they'll do. I know they're not at E3 but this is just my rough E3 predictions. And I did write this down. I can't remember which of this is already been done but i did write this down before today um sony uh state of play released around e3 but not specifically labeled like e3 state of play or something i think they'll do one like either next week so like just before e3 on like a, a tuesday or a wednesday or something or they'll do one after e3 um released around e3 but not labeled as such updates on the big three with no ps5 talk um see one of those kind of gets knocked out because we have a date for death stranding uh, but i do think that they'll do a state of play around e3 and they'll talk about ghost and last of us but with no ps5 talk yet uh because we've already had quite a bit of that recently with all the specs and stuff uh, but i think they'll probably talk about that more next year uh, year info one for one of the big three uh, which they kind of already did again with last of us um, we're and then I put uh, with last of us for full 20 um, for full 2019 or early 2020 um, my more specific guess is that uh, early 2020 for last of us part 2 uh, so that's my Sony stuff so again that's not really E3 but it will be in and around E3 I'm guessing uh bethesda i think they'll do a sly apology for fallout 76 just like ea kind of did last year for star wars uh and everything with the sort of like charity stuff that they did last year uh for fallout 76 i think bethesda will do the same thing with some kind of content reveal for the game i don't know what it will be whether it'll be like they'll say hey we fixed up some stuff and here's some new content but i think they'll do it will either be dlc or just a free here's new missions add-on for free i think they'll do that A remaster of an old game. I'm not going specifically for Fallout Three. Was it that you said that might be remastered? Yeah, because Fallout Four. I Mm -hmm. think yeah, Fallout Four was this gen anyway. I think they'll remaster an old game, but I don't. I'm not going specifically for Fallout Three. And they'll talk about uh, Wolfenstein: The Young Blood, which I think does actually have a release date, but I think that they'll bring it up again. Um, That's my Bethesda predictions. EA. EA is always kind of the most predictable because sports. Uh, Star Wars—they have to show off Star Wars because it's got a. Did they say November something for this year, or or late twenty nineteen for this year? Yeah. Star Wars—they've sort of revealed like the character and that sort of stuff. They did a the trailer a few weeks ago, uh, but I think they'll give full information on that. Like they'll show they'll show gameplay and they'll give a release date. Uh, I think they'll talk about Apex. Give maybe well, Apex will just be there. I think in some sort of way, all the sports stuff, and then here's a bit of a different prediction. I think that uh, FIFA will. But they'll talk about FIFA, Madden and all that sort of stuff. I think FIFA, yet again, for a third year in a row this would be that they don't show any gameplay. Um, from what I remember from their E3 stuff last year, not their EA play and all that sort of stuff, but from their E3 presentations, I don't recall seeing FIFA gameplay being shown for 19 or for 18. So for FIFA 19 or for FIFA 18. I think for a third year in a row they'll show no FIFA gameplay, which I know is a bit of a strange prediction, but it's just something I'm going for. Uh, Nintendo, no, no info for Metroid Prime 4 because they talked about earlier this year saying that game was restarting development so what would they have to show uh, and they've already come out and said that so they don't need to repeat themselves so I don't think there's anything for Metroid Prime 4 to be shown. I do think you'll get the Prime Trilogy finally, the HD Trilogy for Switch, uh, I think that will be shown. Uh, I haven't got a specific release guess but it will just be announced and shown updates on games shown in the most recent direct or the one that I remember um so maybe like Asht- is it Astral Chain the game coming out in August um that sort of stuff and maybe updates on the new Pokemon games uh so updates roughly on on the games most recently shown and then I think they give a Link's awakening date because they said that obviously they were remaking remaster I think it's remastering uh, Link's Awakening for Switch but they they gave a 2019 date but i think they'll give an actual full uh release date i don't know when but that's my guess for that and then google stadia i don't think they'll be at e3 necessarily but i think they'll they said they'll we'll see you in the summer or something that could they could be july for you know uh, i think they show something around the e3 uh, and they reveal everything that they haven't yet and then they'll uh <clears throat> come up with a release date for this year because they did say it was 2019 they haven't given a date so i think they'll come out <clears throat> and say like, hey, here's the exclusive games that we're making, here's the price, bandwidth, all that sort of thing, which is like, you know, this is a, Google Stadia is going to be a very different beast to kind of show off because it's, you know, uh, how much bandwidth do you need to stream these games, that sort of thing, um, and that sort of stuff. And that's my uh, E3 predictions. What do you think of those?
1: Yeah, I mean, those are pretty much everything that I had for, with a couple exceptions. <laughs> Um, A lot of the ones that I had that weren't on your list (coughs) got canceled out today because of all the announcements that we've gotten today so far. Um, I do agree with most of y'all on those. Um, The only real corrections that I would make, um, they did tweet out a Gears 5 logo today, the main Gears of War Twitter account. Mm -hmm. Did show a new logo today, so we can absolutely expect a release date at E3. Mm-hmm. I'll be shocked, really, if they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a whole lot console-wise with Microsoft, uh, but that's just because, like I've said several times on the podcast <laughs> before, they've set themselves up to be beyond the concept of an actual generational console. So my theory is is that if the uh, Xbox One S All Digital had good sales numbers, they'll brag about it, and then they'll bring out <laughs> the... Uh, one x all digital
0: right yeah
1: if it didn't have it if it didn't have good sales numbers they'll just talk about how it's selling better than expected even though we don't know what they expected and then we won't hear anything past it we won't get a a one x all digital Mm i um
0: yeah see i think phil spencer will just say we've got a new xbox in development or something and then that's kind of it so
1: well see That's the kind of thing they're always going to be experimenting with, like new hardware, new technologies, ways to make it, you know, cheaper, more reliable, things like that. So there's always something in development. Whether or not it actually comes out to market is a completely different thing. Uh, And he might say that just to create some buzz, um, but then again, it could kill any kind of potential sales just because, well, I'm going to try to stretch out the use of this device because there's a new one coming and I don't want to buy one just to buy a new one later. Yeah, It's like I mentioned either last week or the week before when AMD announced uh, they were going to have a thing pre e with their new uh, uh, hardware line with their computer CPUs and that caused me to not buy the upgrade. That I've been planning for a while just because I'm anticipating either the new stuff um, is either so much better that I have to have it or the older stuff, which is good enough for now, uh, is just going to go on sale and be cheaper. So that actually costs them a sale, and I doubt that I'm the only one. Yeah. Uh, any other predictions? Uh, I mean, everything that I've you know, I either agree with you completely on with what your predictions were, or was completely blown out of water with all the information that came out today. <laughs> I, I literally yeah. crossed like four different things off my list. Um, I kind of expect uh, Halo Infinite gameplay, although I don't expect an actual release date. I do expect more information on the Halo TV series, especially now that we've got
0: uh, that. Game
1: of Thrones is over with mm. and The Watchmen is coming up, but I don't see anything Watchmen related at E3 this year. So this would be a good chance for them to jump on that
0: mm-hmm. Did, and kind yeah, of create
1: yeah. a little buzz for that TV show.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we we didn't talk about this last week. I, I kind of actually forgot. Netflix said that they're going to be at E3, and also the writers on The Simpsons said they're going to be at E3 uh mm-hmm. I, in terms of predictions for netflix i have no idea what they would say at e3 uh maybe those... show
1: some uh game trailer for the witcher series although some of those maybe. set of photos have leaked out and those are not looking very good
0: mm. yeah um yeah i, I don't know because we, we haven't maybe they would show the because we haven't seen we saw like the screen test with henry cavill mm-hmm. uh, but we haven't seen a a trailer yet um But in terms of the Simpsons writers, maybe they could do something with Microsoft and they have a new game. I don't know. But in terms of those two, I have nothing specific to say. Um, Is there anything you don't agree with that I uh, have put out or think that won't happen?
1: Not really, no. I mean, everything is so minor that it could go either way. Um, I mean, with Sony not being there, that does take a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, we know that we're not going to see anything Sony related to E3, but then again, they might sneak a state of play in right before or right after. Mm, um, if I, I had did, to. So. Yeah, if I had to guess, I'd say right after, like maybe a couple, three days after all the E3 stuff is done. Mm-hmm. Let everything come out, and they'd be just like, hey, surprise, look at this, look at this, look at this. Mm.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, it would be. Why wouldn't they just say, hey, we're kind of at E3, but here's a state of play. We don't have a press conference, but here's an <sighs> E3 state of play. There's there's not much need to say, like, hey, we're not E3 and create, like, massive sort of... Cause at the time, everybody obviously was like, you know, why are they not E3? What are they, you know, they going to sort of show? And as we got closer and closer to the time, and, like, Microsoft just said, yeah, we're going to be there. And screener it," because It says, yeah, we're going to be there. And everybody else kind of has. And everybody sort of looked at Sony and be like... Well, why are you not here what what are you going to be doing and then they came out with like state of play a few weeks ago and it, it would just be weird to me if like in and around E3 they still did a, a state of play but it was like hey this isn't related to E3 we just sort of released within a few weeks of it, it like, well why don't you just call it an E3 state of play and just I don't know I mean it doesn't have to be that way it's just a very strange way to go about doing stuff to me so uh, yeah. it's almost like I I mean, I, and I... it's almost like trying to say hey we don't need to be at E3 but here's a state of play at the same time so i don't know um but nonetheless i'm excited for future sony stuff so because they got lost of us too yeah so uh, and like
1: i was gonna say and i ha- I hate to beat the dead horse but their last e3 was so badly well received and such a pain and such you know a drag of you know doing one game reveal and making everybody walk 20 minutes to change studios mm-hmm. to do the rest of their reveals they need a year or two break to have that mental separation between last year's E3 and then anything they do in the future. I mean, all they
0: need to do is just put on a normal E3 press conference and just like, okay, here's Lust of Us. So, like, it, like, it, like it, just just show the trailers that you already showed and stuff, but just don't do this weird thing with a room. Just just go in one room and share everything. So.
1: It's yeah. Sony. Nothing normal comes out of Japan. <laughs> I mean, look at anything that comes out of Japan. Nothing normal comes out of Japan. Uh, mm-hmm. Hideo Kojima, Suda 51, Baby Metal. Nothing normal comes out of Japan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cool, alright, so that's our E3 stuff, of course if you guys have any thoughts, predictions, and this is leading nicely into emails, because if you want to send in any thoughts, predictions, comments, questions, anything video game related, or anything related to anything that we've done, any other podcast or anything, uh, getting contact, feedback, any of that sort of stuff, you guys know what I'm sort of talking about, you can send your in your emails, feedback, questions to Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter at Uh, There's the contact page and there's information in your show notes. So if you've got any E3 predictions, any final thoughts on Game of Thrones, any thoughts on any other stuff that we've covered, uh, you can send them all there. And uh, we will receive them and read them and all that good stuff. Katie says, hey fellas, do you think uh, with Kojima and Konami breaking up that not only is Death Stranding Kojima's future... But that Metal Gear and Silent Hill are both completely dead. She's posed that as a question. Strange, however, to see that Castlevania collection come out for PS4. That was kind of strange. It sort of came out of nowhere. And they did like a couple of posts about it. And like a little minute trailer. And then it came out. And then they sort of didn't say much about it. Um, In terms of Metal Gear and Silent Hill. Yeah, I think they're dead. I I don't think you'll... uh, Because here's the thing. Even if... like konami owns the rights to those games and literally like unless that company gets liquidated and those assets get sold on to somebody else which isn't going to happen for a long time uh, or at least for another couple of years because that can sort of happen as well um in terms of like remasters or new games for those franchises i don't see anything happening with them um i mean their last stab at those two franchises was metal gear survive i don't imagine that sold very well at all um if it got i i reckon the most it probably did was around like a million sales but even i'm being even kind of generous with that because like you know no kojima was involved there's no uh, solid, solid snake or anything like that uh, apparently uh, this is i mean a spoiler for a game that nobody really talks about apparently at the start of metal gear survive solid snake gets in a helicopter and flies away and then you don't see him for the game so that kind of tells you the future of that franchise like i i don't know if he comes back at the end and like you fight with him or whatever so uh yeah in terms of silent hill remasters or p obviously pt's completely dead unfortunately uh, i don't think those are coming out um what do you think in terms of metal gear and silent hill
1: uh well metal gear yeah that's between uh five and survive that franchise is super dead mm. outside of some wackiness happening happening to where kojima Gets the rights to those IP That'd be great. for whatever reason. I yeah. mean, that would be awesome. But if that doesn't happen, then yeah, the franchise is super dead. A Silent Hill, I could kind of see coming back just because PT was so well received. If uh, Konami could get somebody that didn't suck and would just leave <laughs> them alone and make something, and, and to reboot Silent Hill, I could see that coming back. Mm. Um, Maybe. And as for the Konami collection, it's actually surprisingly a, a value that's worth the money because it is on uh, PS4 and Xbox, and it's only $20 US and it's eight games, one of which was never released in the West. Oh, okay. Um, so if you've never played the old school NES, SNES, uh, uh, Castlevania games, those are absolutely worth it. And I've actually been fighting to not buy it just because I have three games that I own right now that are dividing up my time. And I know if I buy it, I'm just going to sink my time into that. (laughs) So I'm looking for a way for when I get a break from two of the three games I'm playing right now to pick up that collection.
0: Cool. Um, Yeah, in terms of Death Stranding, I mean, there's probably Kojima's Future. I don't really see that being like a one-off sort of thing. Um, I mean, heck, With uh, apparent on the back of Metal Gear Solid 4, which I have the PS3 copy of, it says, here's the final mission. Well, guess what? There was a Metal Gear Solid 5. So, uh, yeah. Um, so in terms of Kojima, like, I mean, Death Stranding isn't even out yet, but um, I do think that he's at least going to do at least like a trilogy, maybe 4, maybe 5. We'll see what happens. Uh, I imagine that game will do pretty well as well. So, because there's a lot of Kojima fans out there, which I'm a new sort of, I mean, I was a Kojima fan, but I recently sort of, you know, Play Metal Gear and that sort of stuff. Um, Brian says, given that Matt has been playing VR, I hope you got Blood and Truth today. I did. Go and check out the First Impressions video uh, and the review within the next couple of weeks or whenever I get around to doing that. Uh, Again, I'm not rushing the game. It's just short. I'm curious to know what type of VR game you both would like to play, especially with both of your VR experiences. Uh, Robert, I'll go over to you first. Um, what, What kind of VR game would you like to play?
1: Uh, I don't know that there's a VR game that I would like to play. If I had to play a game, it would probably be uh, Beat Saber, just because it looks like it's hmm. the easiest to play in VR. Um, and the, for the people that are long-time listeners of the podcast know, VR has been something that's been on and off the radar since for years. And when I say years, I mean it goes back to like the er- early to mid-80s of some different iteration of this is VR.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you see uh, yeah
1: oh. I'm still here. Sorry. And, and heck, there was an old uh, um, Keanu Reeves movie called uh, Johnny Mnemonic that had some variant of VR in it. Don't know if you've ever seen it or not. Kind of a weird movie. Um, a lot of famous people that are famous now that are in it or people that you might recognize are in it. Um, but it involves some level of VR. Um, going back to the early 90s, there was an old movie called Hackers. Um, Early Matthew Lillard, early Angelina Jolie. It had a a variant of VR as at least part of the visuals, if not the actual story itself. Um, But there's just never really been anything about the actual VR itself that's jumped up and said, you know, play me, play me, play me now. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, Beat Saber, if I had to pick a game, it'd probably be that one. And that's out of all the newer ones that I've seen. All the older stuff, the the uh, graphics were just too janky for me to really get behind. And plus like I've said before, just I mean it's ex- it's a, it's an expensive get into, especially if you're getting into it on like the PlayStation platform because that's mm-hmm. a good $300 that you got to invest on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Cool. So you'd say you'd go with with Beat Saber. I mean, in yeah. terms for me, the games that I've I mean, because I've been playing it, you know, last couple of months or whatever, the games that I've most enjoyed have been the more shooting games. Minus, again, Farpoint VR not a bad game. I just found the movement system to really put put me off so far to where like I think I think during the Let's Play I did of that, if I I come did I actually post that? Yeah, I probably posted that. I think it's in the the mixture of VR Let's Plays that I posted. I had to like quit mid game just because like. It was it was just so weird to move around in that. But in terms of like the way the guns worked and everything. And the reloading and the shooting. That stuff was all really good. I just wanted a better movement system. Um, but yeah. Like with the whole blood and truth. And you have to reload your guns. And you the, the the idea of like looking in another world. And then having a single controller in your hand. Using that as a gun. And being able to physically point that. And press the trigger. Sounds like such a simple thing. But when you're doing it. It's actually pretty cool. And then like. Hey I'm going to pick up this machine gun. And it works different mechanically. And like, pick up the shotgun, and that works differently and stuff. And then, especially with Blood and Truth, you know, you can have two guns in your holster, and then one on your back, and you switch in between them, and you're reloading them, and uh, there is, there's even, like, climbing involved with uh, Blood and Truth. So it's very... I, I do really like, like, an overemphasis on interactivity. Like, even pointless stuff to where you can pick up a mug and throw it. That's still kind of cool. Just Just the idea that you can... your hand won't go through it like if you're if you're leaning over towards that mug or a pencil or something your hand won't go through it it will come up as like an interactable thing and you can pick it up and throw it across the room and whatever um that kind of stuff is really cool so the idea of like hey i can pick up this gun and i guess physically digitally but physically sort of reload it like when it's out of ammo and then shoot it again it's all kind of cool so um tumble vr is is kind of good in, in terms of that like physically being able to pick up all the different shapes and that sort of thing that's another kind of uh good vr game to start off with just something kind of simple and like puzzle building and that sort of thing um but yeah any other kind of shooting games are out there i've seen uh bravo team it's kind of a cool sort of swap based type of game uh, i've got that on my rental list at the moment uh, and i'm gonna play that when it gets sent to me or becomes available um but yeah any any of those sorts of games are, are kind of cool um i did like astro bot a lot as well um the whole sort of you're in this 3D world, but you're still doing a platforming game. Um, and like I said, if there was any sort of Mario game like that, or like a Crash Bandicoot game like that, that would be pretty cool. So, uh, But I like shooting stuff in VR. It's quite good. Uh, final question. Lily says, it was funny to hear Robert talk about the arcade machines that just took your money, because you've been re- referencing that last couple of weeks. Uh, that took me back. Thanks for the nostalgia, she says. Uh, I wondered, was there a specific game from... Um, those that Robert did and didn't like. So any particular favorites and any games that you you didn't like from those type of games?
1: Yeah, I mean there's a lot of them that I played a ton of. Um there was a couple of uh, Sega racing games. It was like a four person game and so it was kind of a giant uh cube that you had one person on each oh. corner playing the uh yeah. racing game and then you'd collect power ups and you'd buy uh Upgrades to your car. I eventually fell out of that game because you could actually adjust it to actually take your quarters faster. So it wasn't based on any gameplay that you actually did. They let the people go in and mess with the code to where you know your equipment would wear out faster, and then you'd lose uh. some of the AI easier. And that was just such a major turnoff that I wanted to quit playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, past that, I mean, there was. 20 or 30 that I played on a fairly regular basis because I was in walking distance of an arcade when I moved to the city that I lived in um, when I moved there when I was 12. And so um, there's one called Karate Champ that was pretty good. Uh, The original Soul Fighter, which became Soul Calibur, had launched about that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Street Fighter, the original Street Fighter and uh, Street Fighter 2 came out about that time a little later-ish. Uh Street Fighter Two really hit the big time when I was in college. Um, that and also also when uh, Mortal Kombat One first came out. So there was a ton, a ton of games that just destroyed my bank account in terms of quarter at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. I think for me, because I've you know those games are still around. You can still go and play them at arcades and stuff. Um, I did kind of like the the driving games just because you could physically like sit in a leather ish type of seat uh or one that looked one that looked like a a a car from a you know um a seat from a car rather, uh and like you could physically turn a steering wheel and you had sometimes like reverse and drive and then you did have like pedals and stuff i i because that's kind of what i've been alluding to with the whole vr thing the interactivity of like picking up the gun and reloading it and shooting it the same thing with like hey you actually have to i mean it's a bit different because you are actually physically doing it but the idea of hey you do have to um, you know push the the pedals to accelerate and brake and you do have to physically turn the the wheel to to steer and all that sort of stuff i really i really like that sort of stuff with uh with different types of games um th- so those are some of the games that i kind of like to play at uh, arcades the other ones is um i don't know if you've heard of a game of a game show over here called tipping point it's when like a uh, contestant obviously will will answer a question correctly and then uh they pick a drop point and they have like these little coin circle things, um, they call them, I think they just call them counters or something, uh, or like a jackpot counter or whatever. And then you have to set it up to where it drops in, to where it drops the other like coins and stuff, and then that slides out of the machine. Um, there's machines at arcades that are very very similar to those, and uh, given that I've, you know, I've watched some tipping point and stuff over in it, it's quite a co- cool, cool thing to watch. Um, And then going to the arcades and doing that kind of myself on a much, much smaller machine. It's like a machine with pennies and stuff. Um, That's kind of cool to do. Have you ever used any of those sorts of things?
1: Yeah, they're in what's called the barcades over here. And barcade is just a slang for a bar and an arcade. So it's basically an arcade, but it's got a full restaurant. You can order alcoholic beverages. Mm -hmm. Uh, But those, yeah, those kind of like drop your coins in and push them over. Yeah. Uh, they have them all over the places, and they're also giant scams um, just because of how they stack the coins. Sometimes it's almost impossible for them to fall over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't really consider them arcade games. They're more like a carnival game than anything Perfect. else. Yeah,
0: you can find them at like arcades and stuff. But yeah, those are the two that I like, I like to go for. I never really found the – you know where you pick up the gun from the machine and you shoot at stuff on the screen? I know what I said about the whole VR thing and picking up the gun and that. I never found those to be that great um like picking up the gun and you sort of point it at zombies or whatever on the screen i don't know why i just never found them to be that great um and i i would stayed away from them so cool hopefully that answers your question um cool so that's what we got for you for this episode of random gaming talk an interesting packed week uh, just before uh, a couple of weeks just before e3 uh let us know of course like i said your thoughts and predictions e3 game of thrones all that good stuff entertainmenttalk.org is where you can find all the content uh, and check out Classic Review Season 2 uh, for the next five weeks it will take a break, come back on the 31st because uh, I think that's the week that iZombie finishes, so that's why I scheduled it for that week um, but yes, entertainmenttalk.org is where you can find all the content, if you want to support the podcast and support Entertainment Talk Patri- uh, we are on Patreon, Entertainment Talk is on Patreon, you can go over in there and check us out over there, Amazon affiliate link you can shop on Amazon, we'll get a small cut of what you spend it won't cost you extra Uh, itunes feeds please rate review and subscribe to those uh it will help you obviously subscribing you'll get sent new episodes if you don't want to put a review in you can just hit the uh, star rating and that will get sent to itunes and i'll continue to check that so please make sure you do that as well uh, Word of mouth, the easiest way to spread the word And all that sort of stuff Tell your friends, family, people that you know Even if someone hates Game of Thrones You can still tell them about the uh, podcast and everything Because uh, there's a few of those sorts of people But you can still tell them, tell them about the podcast The website and the iTunes feeds All that sort of stuff um, Yeah, Facebook, share them on Facebook Retweet them on Twitter, put them in different Facebook groups if you want to watch us play different video games, I'm of course going to be streaming um, some, maybe some Days Gone and some uh, Blood and Truth over the next period of time. I don't know when the next time I'll be doing that, but check that out on Twitch. Uh, David's on Twitch as well and Robert's on Mixer. Thank you all very much for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.